Wow, what a difference. The Talkbuster Podcast. Hi, I'm Chris Chipman. You may remember me from such podcasts as the Chipman Brothers Tangent and Creating Geeks, a parenting podcast of great responsibility. I'm here to bring you back to the late 90s, early 2000s, a time of AMRAs and clamshells, a time of late fees and VHS tapes being replaced by DVDs, a time of stale gumballs and overpriced candy. Yes, that's right. I am talking about the time of blockbuster video, the Walmart of the video rental industry, the mom and pop video store killer, the corporate big choice video store that everybody loved to hate. Blockbuster is mostly gone now. Kids today will never know the crazy Friday and Saturday nights with lines wrapped around the store to rent the next big movie. No more will regulars who are in the know arrive at 10 a.m. on Tuesdays to snatch up the new rentals that week before the weekend rush. Most of all, no longer will young movie geeks like myself have the memories I, and many others like me, made while working there. You see, under all of the corporate evil and bad practices, Blockbuster was a home, a comfort, a place where I made lifelong friends and even met my wife. It is because of these memories that I, and I'm sure many of you, have that the Talkbuster podcast was created, a place for me and others to share our memories of what once was, of the before time, of the long, long ago. I'm looking forward to see where this goes, how it evolves. Join me, won't you? Welcome back, everybody, to the Talkbuster podcast. One of only four shows on the internet where I, Chris Chipman, a.k.a. The Chippa, um, talk to random people um, instead of talking to my brother, which you get from the Chipman Brothers Tangent. Um, But uh, the Talkbuster podcast is my favorite thing that I do. A little bit of housekeeping before I introduce my guest. Um, On my Patreon, I now have tiers. If you're in the $15 tier, I'm going to say your name on my show. So... Mason, Christopher Finnick, Patricia Chipman, my mother, hey mom, and Hugh K. Campbell Jr., who was a guest um, on the Talkbuster podcast. He goes as Green Goblin on Twitter. Um, are my four patrons of the $15 or more um, vein. So I really appreciate those guys. Um, as far as advertisements go, this show, like a lot of my shows, are brought to you by the Geeks with Shields podcast. Those are my friends. Um, I've been on their show a few times. Your home for all things good and nerdy, and this is the darkest timeline. Go check those guys out. They're fantastic. Okay, so with me tonight is the creator of the Remembering Blue and Gold Facebook page, Remembering Blue and Gold Blockbuster. Um, you can check uh, that page out. It's where I got a bunch of guests for this show, and um, I've really been enjoying it and enjoying the community building. So my guest tonight is Alvy Taylor. Please introduce yourself, good sir. Uh, hey, Chris. Uh I'm Alvy Taylor. Uh, I don't know what y'all want to know about me. Uh, I love Blockbuster. I started out as a part-time CSR and just kind of worked my way up through the company. Probably my favorite job, absolutely my favorite job ever had. And I also had the opportunity to work for the Walt Disney Company as well. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, what, my favorite, yeah, is the people, man, the people I met. So, yeah, we can get into that for sure. Cause that's the, I feel the same way. It's why I did this. You know, you, I, I get people on and it, it's so cool to hear all of us have that exact same reaction to the place. You know, I haven't had a person on here yet that was like, oh my God, it was the worst job I ever had. And they want to come on and like make fun of the company. It's like, no, 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 the, for the employees, it, it was just this great 
odd time, <laughs> you know, in, in retail history that, you know, we got to kind of get together and share this love for a product that we really enjoyed. And since the general public ate it up so much and wanted it so much, we just kind of got to live and work in that world and have a great time. And, and I thought it was great. Oh, it, it was amazing. The, uh, even movies that I got to experience that I would have never thought to watch had I not worked at Blockbuster. Those little independent ones. I would have never watched Donnie Darko. Right. Oh my God. That's, that's one of the first ones that pops into my head. Cause I remember, um, the, the magazine that we got, the video store magazine was amping that up like long before we got it on the shelf. And I'm like, what is this thing? And I, I need to see this. Yeah, and it finally came in, and I think everybody that worked there, we all rented a copy and came back in and just mind-shattered, right? That was such a wild yeah. movie. It was crazy. You, most of the uh, members would have to watch it two or three times because they really wouldn't understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was great, yeah. Oh, man, yeah, Donnie Darko. <laughs> that uh, one came I, I, out... What was that? I got one of the movie theater posters for Donnie Darko actually on my wall. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you have a you, you sent me a couple pictures. You have a lot of cool stuff back there. So is it all um blockbuster related memorabilia or are you kinda in the um in the, you know, just cool memorabilia game doesn't really matter where it's coming from? I have a lot of blockbuster memorabilia for sure a ton of movie uh, memorabilia and I'm a huge Star Wars fanatic so I got tons and tons of Star Wars but uh, even like my movie posters and stuff a lot of those come from block blockbuster uh, yeah just, yeah do you like, remember the do you remember the like the giant lighted wooden poster marquees that they used to have that would hang from the ceiling they were like on chains do, do you remember those did they have them at your stores uh well see one of my jobs i got to travel across country and we would take uh those old stores and take all that cool stuff down and uh make them into the new blockbuster so oh i got to see about every footprint that we ever had within our company's history that's so cool. My my buddy Steve, um, when they were um hauling those out and replacing them, they let him keep one. And so he had it in his in his room, you know, with a Jay and Silent Bob strike back poster in it. And I always thought that was really cool. That's awesome. Did you uh see my great big uh blockbuster sign behind me? I did, I did. It was in a couple of the photos you sent me. Um and I saw it when the when the video was on when this came on. So where'd you get that from? Was that an actual was that an outdoor indoor like or was, was that legit or did you have that made? Uh, no, it was completely legit. Uh, I believe the store was probably design was 1989. Wow. Design. It had uh, I could be wrong on that. And I'm sure one of my coworkers will correct me if I am. Uh, it was one of the designs that had uh, the different actors in the circles all the way around. So it's an interior. Oh, sign. yeah. Yeah. It takes about uh, 32 light bulbs, uh, and it works, and it'll sparkle and everything in the back. And uh, 
we was just going to throw it away when we went to remodel a store. So I brought it to my house. That's so cool. And you've had it ever since. I have. I've had it for years. I mean, it, I don't even know. Probably 2003. Wow, yeah, that, that, sounds, that sounds about the right time. Yeah, because that's when we really started uh, changing the stores up. So when, um, when did you start working for the company, LV? Uh, I want to say 2000, 2001, some, something like that. It's so wild. Uh, I, I'm sure, I don't know if you've got a chance to listen to any episodes of the show, but everybody I found outside of, I think, um, Brett Klein, who had been there a little bit longer, who I just started, he was like mid-90s. It's always those same years. doesn't matter how old or how young. Every, oh, yeah, I started in the year 2000. I'm like, oh, shit. Well, I, I started in 2000. I was 17, you know, but <laughs> I worked from there from 2000 to 2008 at various different stores. I was a store manager at one point. Um, it was nuts. I was a store manager at like 19. <laughs> this is kind of wild. My, I was the assistant store manager and my store manager broke his knee and they promoted me. So I ran a store for six months. <laughs> That's how a lot of people got promoted at Blockbuster in the stores. <laughs> Their store manager got hurt. Oh yeah. So you said you started. Uh, you started right down at the bottom as a CSR. So where? Um, wh- where was this? What? Uh, what state? What city? Uh, Dallas, Texas. It was actually. I lived in Carrollton, Texas. I, I was renting movies all the time, and uh, a guy by the name of Joe signed me up for the rewards program. <laughs> and that just got me in the store even more. And my little brother told me, he says, Hey man, instead of spending all that money, he said, Why don't you go down there and get a job? I asked that guy, he said, You get five free rentals a week and you even get them before they come out. And I'm like, All right, I'll do that. And uh I went and applied. Sal was the manager. It was crazy because uh, I'd pierced my ears and I was like old school. Like if you go to a job interview, you take your uh, earrings out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so it's fresh. So I go in here and this guy barely looks at my application. And uh, he looks at what I was making at my other jobs. And he said, well, I can't hire you. I said, excuse me. He said, I can't hire you. I go, why is that? He said, well, you won't stay. I can't pay you what you're making at your other jobs. <laughs> I said, excuse me? I said, did you not read my application before I came in here? He goes, yeah, I guess I didn't see that. He said, that figures. I said, that figures. He looks at me kind of strange. I said, look, man, I didn't think I was going to get paid no 20 bucks an hour to slide movies across the counter. Because, you know, in my mind, that's all. A blockbuster employee did at the time slide movies across the counter. I was wrong on that one. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, I said thank you for wasting my time. And I turned around and walked out of the store. And before I got out of the parking lot, one of my friends called and said, "Hey, blockbuster's on the phone doing a reference check." <laughs> and I said, "What?" I was calling to tell you that there's no way I got that job. 
Uh, and about 15 minutes later, the manager called back and said, hey, Alvia, it's Sal. I was wondering when you can come down and fill out your paperwork. I said, I got the job. He said, yeah. He said, I like someone like you. He said, you'll tell me exactly what you think. So that's when I got hired at Blockbuster. Nice. And yes. so, uh, and, and so how, how was that? Um, how was working in that store? You know, how long were you, uh, how long were you a CSR? How was Sal to like work for? Uh, I actually worked for Sal as a part-time CSR, a full-time CSR, a shift leader, and an assistant store manager. Nice. Uh, he, uh, he, he inadvertently gave me lots of opportunities because he would allow me to learn his job and I was good at his job. And, and I got hurt at Blockbuster and uh, he messed up and was like bugging me to come back to work. Like, and I know I was on workers comp, could barely move, saying he's going to take me off the schedule and everything. And so I called HR. And they transferred me out of his store. But when I came back, uh, it was kind of cool, though, because all of our stores with probably within three miles of each other uh, in their areas. In. And as I would move stores, they would lose about 300 to 350 members because the stores were so close. <laughs> So the members would follow me around. <clears throat> I had a district manager that told me that I, I ruin store managers as an assistant manager because I do their job for them. <laughs> you know that he, a lot of people don't know this, but probably my biggest inspiration at Blockbuster was uh, Sal. And not for the reason most people think at some point early on i was asking him why we were doing things and that bugged him that i'd ask why so he called me outside and he pointed up to the sign and he says what does that say and i said what and he pointed up to the blockbuster sign and he says what does it say i said it says blockbuster video he says, well, when it says Alvy or Sal's video, then you can decide what to do. <laughs> so from that day forward, I decided that's what I was going to do. That I was going to eventually tell him what to do and then to decide what to do for that company. And that's what I did. That's an awesome. Damn. <laughs> I, uh, I, I like this cause it's, um, I never got, I never got to move past that store manager level, but you, you make a lot of really good points. I feel like there were a lot of people in that company above where I was working that wanted to hear somebody with thoughts and input like yours, you know, and, um, taking that approach, you know, it, I, who who knows, right? Who knows if there weren't more people higher up that kind of had that outlook if the company wouldn't still be doing better, you know? 
that's kind of cool. There was a lot of people that I work with in the corporate office that definitely love the company just as much as I did. Uh, I was lucky enough to uh, have that field experience, as they would call it. I'd always call it store experience. Uh, with that corporate world that benefited as we was trying to change the company, uh, I was unschooled going up to the corporate office. All I knew is I love Blockbuster. And in my mind, I wasn't going to be one of those people that forgot where they came from. Right, exactly. So it was it, it it was really cool, but I'm gonna tell you there was a lot of people working right beside me that loved this company. Uh, I got to do some amazing things over the years. They actually it's funny because you said they actually forced me to go to the corporate office. I didn't have a choice. Huh. Yeah, I was uh, I ran the number one store in the company. Uh, which was the model store, so I didn't have a choice but to do that. And uh, I wanted a promotion to district manager. Uh, I was already helping my uh, my district manager, but I wanted a promotion. And uh, my RDO, John Capazola, called me and said, hey, I'm going to take you to lunch. So he took me to lunch and he said, look, they're not going to let me promote you. I go, what are you talking about? He go, they are not going to let me promote you. I said, who is it? He said, the people at the corporate office. I said, why? He says, well, they want you to come work for them. <laughs> my immediate response was I do not want to work for them I want to be a district manager and if I can't be a district manager I want to go to Florida like I told you I wanted to do when you took over this region he goes I don't have a choice he says now what we can do he goes I'll make up a position for you uh to do what you're doing now <clears throat> uh, and we'll go from there he goes are you just go up there stay there for six months and come back i went okay so uh i was uh sorry yeah uh, i was having a memory there uh, it's all right yeah, yeah, that, that, I didn't realize uh, what opportunity it actually was that I was being forced into uh, because I actually got to create the Rock the Block stores, work on them like real life, uh, kind of uh, really understand what Jim's vision was for the company. Wow, yeah, get, give me some more insight about that because I, I only have a passing knowledge of the Rock the Block store and all that. The uh, he really Jim wanted to transform the way everybody seen our image and what we could do, uh, almost like a Seven Eleven type of thing, uh, uh, but kind of be all inclusive for stock where you could come in and get 
uh, the latest TV tub of popcorn or soda. Uh, and have uh, up-to-date technology gadgets that other people didn't have. Right. Kind of like that hangout environment. We did that. We spent a lot of money building those stores. Uh, some of the things worked. Some of them didn't. Uh, not a, I don't believe everybody fully understood his vision. And that uh, hurt the company overall. Yeah. Man, I spent a lot of money on Rock the Block. And sometimes, especially towards the end, I would be oh my gosh, if I could get that money back. Uh, but towards the end, the Reno market and other select stores actually is what helped com- keep the company floating a lot. We would throw product to be able to boost their sales up. And wow. Then- yeah. And, and, and when was that, that that was happening? Was that? Uh, man, Blu-ray players had just came out. Right. So that's the upper 2000s. So like 2008, uh, nine, maybe. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's when our, tr- maybe, yes. When our trouble was like, it was pretty bad. It was all in a meeting. And uh, you know, what's crazy that I'm so used to having to keep my mouth shut about this stuff that uh, it's crazy to be able to talk about it in the opening. Uh, well, and, the opening. I, and I, and I appreciate that because yeah. it's, it's given me, it's given me a background I didn't know about. I, that's the thing I like the most about this show is I'm learning all this stuff and it's like, this isn't written down somewhere. You know, you, you got to talk to the people that lived it. Uh, you're probably going to want to talk to me again. The uh, oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. The uh, so uh, so yeah. Uh, I'll get more comfortable talking about this because it, it it could used to get me thrown in jail. Uh, right. Of course. It, it, yeah. Uh, so I'm just not used to uh, talking about it. Uh, we had a uh, man. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you lots of stories about that, but yeah, we actually. During that time, I want to say Doug McCose was our uh, was our uh, operation vice president. So he'd be the person talking to the uh, stores every week. Mm-hmm. And so it was pretty bad. That did massive, massive layoffs at the corporate office to the point where most of us was doing six other people's jobs. Yeah. And it was no joke. Uh, And they would tell us they actually had tennis balls and they threw tennis balls at us, told us to pick up as many as we could. And the point of that was, okay, now with all these people going, we're going to have a lot of different things thrown at us. We fully realize that we're not going to be able to catch all the balls. So catch what you can and help out. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, man. The, uh, 
But anyway, during that time period, we needed to get some revenue in the company. So investors needed to see a certain number of retail and rental mix. And that was uh, one of the things I was tasked to do because uh, the Reno market was an entire rock the block market. Uh, so we could pretty much do what we wanted to in that market. And so we sent them, I want to say three truckloads of returns that had been returned to the warehouse. And basically gave the stuff away out of the back of the diesels. We were selling Blu-ray players for $50. The same Blu-ray players the rest of you guys were selling for $500. They were selling for $50 because the box was open. Yep. Yeah. It, uh, it was insane. So anything y'all sent back, they were actually basically giving it away out of the back of diesels. Because all we did is unload the pallets and they just had to sell it. We rented them a tent. And they went for it. Holy to the shit. Point, yeah, it was insane, man. To the point, uh, my boss called me in. I don't know. I can't remember how many days into it. It might have been three or four days into it. He called me in and said, we had a problem. And I said, what? He said, have you ran the numbers today? And I was like, no. He said, Retail is far exceeding rental. We got to do something. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I was mad because uh, in that meeting, uh, I knew this was going to happen. It was my job to know that. So I wanted to turn on the movie pass because that would, uh, I wanted to turn on the $14.99 movie pass. Oh, uh, yeah. Right, because that would uh, get the uh, rental numbers up. Absolutely. Jim would not let us turn on the fourteen ninety nine movie pass. Really? Guess what? Yeah, guess what got turned on? I don't know. Those that movie pass got turned on. <laughs> when those numbers come out. Because we had to balance out the uh, rental and retail. So, but I will tell you right now, the craziest thing about Rock the Block, they let me go and spend all this money updating these stores. Uh, and Reno had them all. They had an electronics store. Uh, they had a game, con game concept store. Uh, they had a beverage store. They had a multi-concept store. Uh, kind of all of that. But Jim would cut our advertising budget every time. So here we had all these new stores. This brand new TVs and products that the country had never seen. But we're not even allowed to tell people about it. It was only at the end did he give us advertising dollars to uh, put billboards up. But once again, it was to achieve a number a little too late. I think we spent like $10 million remodeling the Reno market. And we're supposed to get advertising dollars for that market. That's why we chose Reno so we could advertise uh, the concept. Otherwise, we would have 
cherry pick the stores uh, that we wanted to do the concepts in. Right. He didn't let us do that. He thought uh, he did really good turnaround uh, 7-Eleven. And uh, he thought the brand awareness and telling people we changed would uh, draw the customers back in. It, it was crazy because when I got to the corporate office, what I found out quickly is there was a big disconnect from the corporate office from the stores on basic customer service like credits. Now, Chris, you know, as a store manager, was your district manager always getting on to you about? Oh, yeah. Cr- credits. You got to keep those credits down. Yep. <laughs> as soon as you said the word, I shuddered a little bit. <laughs> right. Like everything. And I remember as a CSR, my store manager high fiving me when I collected a balance. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of not putting it off. And like how I should, like sometimes I knew I probably should have gave a credit, but. My store manager is going to yell at me the next day. So it's like, I'm sorry, I can't do it. When you get up to the corporate office, they're truly under the belief that we'll put off that balance if it pops up there every time. In fact, they think we're offering to put off that balance. Oh, really? Absolutely, man. They're, they're shocked. They're shocked. that's that is a crazy disconnect Uh, when i told them the story about getting high five or um getting the credit i mean you should not knowing the environment that they created or allowed to happen that's crazy here was the problem because that was extremely common that wasn't like i mean the fact that you and i both have that story like, I know full well that, that that happened. Do you know what I mean? They'd come over and be like, oh, absolutely great. Great job not, not taking off that balance. You're like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> right. all across, I mean, I, I, I... Yeah, all across the country it happened. Oh, boy. And uh, the biggest disconnect, and uh, I will apologize to all the vice presidents and regional directors because... When y'all listen, y'all taught me so much, but here's the truth. The biggest disconnect between the corporate office and the stores was the vice presidents and the regional director of operations. And it was because the expectations that was put on them and how they interpreted that. Right. Right. So, you know, Paul Stevenson was being held accountable for credits. So how do I deal with that? I just tell them that as a store manager and as district managers or whatever, you need to tell people they're doing a good job for not doing credits. And then all of a sudden that becomes, you know, like corporate environment. This is what we do. You, you don't take off those fees. You make them pay right now. In fact, all of a sudden customer service is turned on its head because now the customer isn't always right customer is being taken for a ride every time every time 
that I actually said I was in a meeting one day. Uh, I don't know if Jim will remember this or not. And Des asking me how come we haven't sold any TVs <laughs> in the stores. And man, it was a good question. You know, I, I understand why the question was because we had the first 3D TV in the United States. Ever. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was in uh, one of my rock the block stores in Dallas. And that I remember saying- hearing that. I, I, I remember going into Blockbusters after I worked there because about the time I left was when all of this Viacom dropped them and, you know, all this stuff started happening with the, the type of stores you're talking about. So this is a great background here. And I remember walking in and seeing like T-shirts and TVs and Blu-ray players for sale. And I'm like, huh, it's like, I guess this makes sense. This was inevitable. <laughs> but I, I just don't know if a guy coming in on a Friday night to rent, you know, Transformers Revenge of the Fallen is going to want to buy a big TV. Well, they would. And I was mad this day, man, because, you know, I would have to account for these store sales all the time. Yeah. Uh, uh, to everybody, you know, because product wants to know why my stores are not selling their uh-huh. product. Yeah, uh, you know, and not just product, you know, confection wants to know. Uh, All of those people are different. You know, you got a group of people that bought the candy and soda for us. You got a different person that bought the electronics, a different one that bought the games. And, you know, they got bosses to answer to. And we're all working on uh, the CEO's pet project. Yep. Yeah, I mean, so... Uh, you know, yeah, numbers, and I, I, I'm mad. His meeting's about in the middle of the day, and Jim goes, well, Alvy, how come we haven't sold any TVs? And I'm bipolar, uh, so that probably didn't help in this case. I looked up in my most sarcastic. I said, I don't know, Jim. Maybe because the same people that hadn't been able to get a movie checked in on time the past 20 years are the ones trying to sell them a $4,000 TV and tell them to trust them. I hope you can hear me applauding. <laughs> uh, I Good for you. Good I for did. you. Uh, that, one of my issues when I got to the corporate office is that I was not very schooled on, uh, you know, how to say things politely or, you know, handle things in the corporate world. Uh, and I learned, I learned that over time, but probably the last year there, and especially the last six months there, man, I would, I didn't have time for the copy. The pleasantries. Yeah. yeah, I didn't yeah. have time for copy everybody and their brother and make sure I get 20 people's approval uh, before I change the candy on a planogram. I just go, <laughs> I go hey, hey. We're not going to have jobs to make sure all of us approve of this uh, in a few months if we don't figure this out. Oh, that's awesome. But, you know, everybody that I worked with up there, man, everybody that I worked with up there loved this company. And I know that's hard to believe, but uh, because – I had a different impression of people at the corporate office until I had, I was forced to work with them uh, at my store. 
Uh, as store manager, I had the regional office store. It was store 48002. It was the second store Blockbuster open. Nice. I was the uh, store manager of the regional um, Northeast Massachusetts store in Woburn. That was 25026. Nice. Okay. So, <laughs> so, okay. Imagine having the regional office pressure. And then the corporate office, I believe, was like seven miles up the street. Yep. I, I think Brett Klein, who I talked to, was the store manager of the store that was in the downstairs of the corporate office. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, see, and he, they were, it was wild because he, he, he was only open five days a week. They, they ran banker's hours at that store. That doesn't even make any sense to me with a blockbuster. <laughs> but, well, I get, but it makes sense where it is. But. Well, yeah, I mean, there is uh, restaurants and everything uh, in Renaissance Tower uh, where uh, our office building was. Uh, they didn't get to do a lot of crazy stuff at his store because it was smaller than the uh, average blockbuster. Right. But it was, uh, yeah, man, that was a cool store that they had there too. So regional office. Regional. Oh, that's where I left off. Oh yeah. The regional office. Yeah. I took you off on a tangent there. Sorry. I don't even know what we was talking about. Actually. You were, you said you um, you were there in the regional office, and then I had said, oh, I was the regional office store um, around here, and you were comparing it to, okay, think about having the pressure of a regional office, but then you got the corporate office seven miles away, and that that's where we were. Okay, perfect. Oh, yeah, I got you now. Oh, yeah. Uh, they would come down all the time when I uh, first started to be a store manager uh, merchandising uh, Dana Eldridge and uh, Ron Morrow would come uh, to my store and it was tough because uh, my store was I would tell you it's near perfect and it almost was like you couldn't find dust hardly anywhere and if you did we got it dusty so I just I was one of those managers and here these people are coming in and I really thought that these people coming in here touching my store. So Dana and Brian worked out this pretty good system where Dana would be over telling me all the good stuff that was going to happen and why they was doing it while Brian was over doing it to my store. And then they'd, <laughs> take, <laughs> then they'd take me over and show it to me. So I learned to work with them really well. Those two right there, we all three of us, like I was friends with them even before I met the move to the corporate uh, office because of that. And then as my store would get selected for visits and stuff, uh, I'd have to intermingle with different people in the corporate office, like different departments, whether it's product, uh, merchandising a lot, visual merchandising a lot. Uh, when they, uh, selected my store for the model store. I don't, you was gone by then. <laughs> I know all these, all the poor <laughs> employees uh, will love to know this. My store was the model store, which means we had a checklist. Man, it seemed like 25 pages long from everything oh. from, from pulling grass out of the parking lot, uh, uh, out of the, 
everything. It was it was the model, it was the perfect store where everything was labeled and everything. Once they selected my store, that my life as a normal blockbuster uh, manager was pretty much over. Yeah, because uh, they actually developed those standards in my store uh, over. I want to say. Two week period, three week period. I'm not for. I can't really remember on the date. You know, uh, I know there's people out there that will, and we had to clean everything. I'm talking about, and they would come out. Brian Bevins, the VP at the time, would come out and do a visit, and we'd have to redo it. So, uh, I was working with different people from the corporate office almost every day. Uh, because kind of how the corporate office, no, this is a, how the corporate office works. Uh, the people that worked in operations, which pretty much controlled the communications out to the stores and wrote the program guides and things like that. Every single one of them come from a store uh, when I was up there and they cared and loved about the stores. But what would happen when one of us would get a project that involved a store, the rest of us would go help do that store because, you know, it's a lot of work uh, flipping a store and putting all these new things in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The model store, I don't I can't remember how many hours we spent to make it that way. The checklist alone, me and Michelle spent i know seemed like eight hours on michelle was a lady at the uh, corporate office who was the original contact uh, from a model store she would eventually be my boss uh when uh, i got promoted to the corporate office <laughs> uh, after this wow. but yeah i got kind of cocky uh when i got the model store because uh, they made me they brought these matrix in and I want to say my store was ranked like 3,100 or something like that. And my regional director showing me all these matrix and they, he says, well, he said, we gave you the perfect store, new uniforms. He's covering everything he's did for me. And he's laughing because he knows I've worked from like open to close or open to whenever for how many days. He says, so you got one other thing. I go, okay. He hands me paper. I go, what's that? He said, he's, these are the rankings. Here's where you currently ranked. So, okay. He says, well, you got to be the number one. I said, in what category? Because I think was getting ranked on like 32 different things at the time. <laughs> he says, what do you mean, which one? I said, which ones do I need to be number one in? He said, all 32 of them. He said, if you have the model store, you should be number one on all 32. I said, oh, okay. How many days do I got to do this in? He said, 30. Well, a few things presented a problem. I was a district training store. So my modules on my computer were never 
where they needed to be to rank high on that. Yep. Yes, never. So, like, my my store employees had been there so long. They were there, a lot of them there when I, <laughs> that's funny, my assistant manager when I was a store manager actually trained me as a shift lead. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, shout out to Hugh Ward. I love it, man. Like, for real. Like, best assistant manager I ever had. Uh, uh, awesome. Him and I are still friends. Sorry. That's See, awesome. I got, uh, yeah, I, I got sidetracked. Uh, so oh, that's uh, okay, dude. I'm loving this. Are you kidding me? This is, this is great. <laughs> that's what I can talk about blockbuster all like all the time. The, uh, so I said, how many days I said 30. And here was what the, one of the main problems was. He had been letting me use all the labor I wanted to to get the store up. Well, guess what one of the rankings were? <laughs> my labor. labor. Yeah, my labor matrix. So we had to come up with a way to get me more labor from the corporate office. And so we figured that out. Uh, I got spoiled because Brian Bevins loved what we did to the store and I made a really good impression uh, on a lot of visitors that he had. So I was kind of cocky to say the least. And so uh, I don't know as a store manager, when you called store support services, uh, would they just send you new shelving if you ask for it? Yeah. Chris, yeah. What was that? I said, I said, if you called store support, would they, uh, <clears throat> sorry. I was like, I got, I got spooled. I was like, as a store manager, when you called store support, could you like have them send you a fixture? No, no, no. You had to get like 80 people to approve it. And then they'd have to come out and verify that the one you had was actually broken. Yeah, no, yeah. It, it took forever. How about a sign? That's the one I could, could you get a, a sign? No, no. Your district manager had to order the signs, right? Yep. Uh, Yeah. Okay. That was my life forever until this happened to me because Brian Bevins told me (laughs) this changed my blockbuster career forever. Alvy, whatever you need or want for your store, you call them up and tell them I said, give it to you. (laughs) I said, okay. And I took full advantage of that. And they would deliver me stuff out from the office that I would order. And I was kind of a jackass, man. Because, uh, you know, store support pretty much kept the same people. And so they'd get to know me and my store number. So when I'd call up there, you know, I wouldn't have to go through all this hassle just to get approval for something I already had permission to get. Yeah, in my in my little spooled jackass's mind. Uh, so I call up one day. The guy goes, "Store support. This is Derek." And I gave my name, store code. I think I was wanting some pop. And I'd been there probably fourteen hours the day before. Already probably already been there twelve hours that day. And this has been going on for 
you know, good 10 or 11 days. So I was, I was tired and didn't have time for like <laughs> bullshit basically. And he goes, well, we're going to have to get permission for that. What you need to do is uh, you need to call your district manager. I said, no, I said, I, I'm allowed to order it through here. She, he goes, no, we're not even able to order POP from there. I said, well, I know you can. He goes, well, no. I said, in here, it's unbelievable. So I tell this guy, I said, I got an idea. How about you get on that computer, type in my store code, and see what pops up. I said, and if that doesn't help you, I said, turn around in your chair and ask anyone up there. I said, because I promise you that my POP will be overnighted to me tonight. And uh, he put me on hold. He come back. Uh, he goes, okay, yep, uh, we'll have it out there to you tomorrow night. And uh, it was crazy because when I went to the corporate office, uh, me and Derek become best friends. And that was the guy I'd smarted off to uh, on the phone. Of course, of course. Yeah. That's how it works. Uh, it was great. I mean, we was inseparable. I mean, uh, that was Derek and I was best friends. That's awesome. Yeah. A couple of uh, other interesting uh, things happened at that little store. Uh, Antioco was gone. Or there was rumors gone or something like that. And they would routinely send people from the corporate office to do uh, training days in my store. Mm Mm-hmm. But they wouldn't pick them from like the operations department because, you know, those people was usually out working in a store. So there's either like from product, uh, you know, different departments within the company that really wouldn't have any current store experience, even though a lot of them worked in the store as well. Uh, And so they tend to act a certain way, you know, when they're out there. And they ask basically the same questions. You know, if they're at product, I can pretty much tell you what product line they're over because that's what all their questions uh, would refer to. So this man came. He's an older man. And I was told he is from the corporate office, going to work in product. Uh, He's very friendly. Uh, He didn't wear a tie. Uh, The uh, butt nut shirt in the, uh, they told me he'd be spending some time here training with me, doing his field time, learning about the different products. So my first clue is when I, he asked me what his schedule was going to be. And I'm like, well, you tell me when you want to work. Because, you know, that's how, when you come from the corporate office, that's usually how it works. Is when they were available to come to a shift during their job duty, they would come down here. So uh, he goes, no, I want to work all your shifts. And like, man, you don't understand. I work a lot of hours. He says, I know I want to work them. He says, if I get tired, I'll let you know. Damn. So he's doing this with me. I said, this is a dedicated corporate guy. Well, about the end, about the middle of day <clears throat> two, 
we're back there at uh, our wonderful POS system back in the manager's office. Oh, yes. <laughs> and he is asking all these questions about numbers and different things that, you know, in our POS system, you had to get bored and go back there and actually find this stuff. Yes. Because they didn't provide it. Now, this guy's asking about it. And I thought, this is a major red flag. Because this guy's asking about stuff no one in our corporate world asks about, ever. It wasn't even, like, spoken about. Like, the reports, like, per square footage, how much money we were making. You know, yep. historical. Uh, he couldn't believe we didn't have the breakdown in sodas uh, at store level. And I assured him, I said, I know all that all those numbers exist. Uh, I said, we just don't have them at store level. And I'm like, this is crazy. There's no way this guy is going to be a product buyer. So I go back to the back and I tell my RDO, I go, hey, we need to figure out who this guy is. Goes why? I said, mm mm. I said, uh, he's much more knowledgeable uh, than anyone from the corporate office that's ever been here. He's asking questions that a normal person wouldn't ask. And I start telling my RDO, and he goes, yeah, yeah. Well, I went back out there. My RDO just told me just to go out and figure it out. I went out there, and by the end of the day, I said, hey, who are you? This is what you mean. I said, uh, well, you're not a store manager. You're not a product buyer. You don't work in operations. I said, you're asking me questions. Uh, only uh, someone in a different position would ask uh, than what they send down. And come to find out, he, he was David... Uh, David, forgive me for not remembering your last name. Perez uh, starts with a P. Uh, he would be our vice president of uh, product, uh, not product. Um, yeah, product, but for like, not like film. Corporate office film and actual all the other product was two different business units. Mm -hmm. okay. uh, so he'd be the vice president of that as we wrote out Jim's vision. Now keep in mind, Jim's not even there yet. Uh, so he told me, he asked me to keep it a secret. I told him I would have to let my RDO know. Uh, uh, but I had no problem with that. And I was glad there. I think he stayed like seven days uh, with me uh, in the store. And he did work every shift that I worked. He took notes. Uh, uh, oh, there's something. I remember he said, he said, if you could add one thing to the confection line, what would you add and why? And at this time, vitamin water was catching on. Mm -hmm. Praise. And I said, vitamin water. He goes, huh? I said, well, Coke bought it out. I said, so now we can carry it in the store. And I said, they're fixing to market the hell out of it. I said, and it'll sell. Yes, it will. Yeah, and it did. It did. But he went up there probably a couple of months, and then we got vitamin water, not in the cooler, uh, but on the warm rack, which was crazy. 
because of our contract with Coke. Uh, but it's like it, it moved to the top of the bestseller list the week they put it out. So that kind of made me feel good and funny the, about that because David actually listened. And I got yeah. to meet Yeah, uh, he did. And uh, even when uh, I got to the corporate office, he still listened. He was all about the store. He tried to get us information on the store level that we could have used. Like, he couldn't understand why we couldn't order our own uh, candy. Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't, wouldn't that have been great? (laughs) uh, Here's the thing, man. We test stuff like that. And generally, regional directors and district managers pick their pretty best store manager or pretty best stores to participate in our test. Yeah. If we don't, if we don't select them. Uh, and a bad store manager could get your store pulled off a list or the store manager transferred if it, that store had to be on it but that was rare uh you know stores kind of handled that so we would test things like this in stores and it wouldn't work yeah but the store manager wouldn't do their job you know now that's that's fair i get that and the one of the things i always thought being in the store was Man, have these people ever worked in the store? Do they even know what they're doing? When I got up there and I see how much we had to test stuff and why, I'm like, wow, okay, I get it now. Like sometimes I'd get off the phone calls and go, oh my God, what are we going? This this is the best manager we have to do this. And you know, I'm sure they felt like that about me at some point. <laughs> At the corporate yeah. office. Well, yeah. Uh, so we did test ordering your own. Uh, we select very good managers for i tell you how bad it was. The beverage stores who our candy company didn't even stock them most of the time. We, they got their stuff from other places. Great managers. I mean – a lot of these rock the block managers was hand selected like to do these jobs for their skills. They couldn't get the beverage ordering done, much less the candy. So uh, rest assured, we tried uh, that ordering stuff. It just wasn't working out. And then uh, when we started getting long revenue towards the end, uh, you know, we didn't have the money to buy everything we needed to buy. So stores was getting low. Oh, oh, I'll tell you. Sorry, I'm rambling. No, it's uh, all right. Yeah. The, uh, so I got to meet someone else uh, in my store, and they spent a, two or three days with me. A um, uh, gentleman come in. He's looking at all the signage. We had a three for nine ninety nine or something like that all through the uh, – all through the BSI section, he come over and asked me my opinion about it. And I said, no, I said, the consumer don't like it. 
like I gave him my honest feedback on it, and I'm like, no, it's a bad, it's a bad promotion. Like it just don't work like it's intended. Come find out, this guy's Jim Keys. Uh, nice. Uh, he actually come uh, spent two three days with me in my store before we went to the corporate office. Of course, that program ended first day he got uh, up there. And uh, yeah, he Jim Keys helped me uh, get my career for sure because I definitely followed his vision that it was crazy, man. Towards the end, like. I remember times when I first went to the corporate office, people would call me Jim's boy because I believe <laughs> I, I didn't care. And if you knew how much I love Blockbuster, you'd understand that I truly believed in his vision. But I understand why they'd call me Jim's boy, because no matter what, my goal was to sell those Rock to Block stores like for the future. So, and right. I got what he was trying to do. I, I really get it. And if we could have did everything he wanted to do, uh, it would have happened. So, you know, I went from being Jim's boy when I first went up there to, I remember, uh, and he's going to hate me for telling this story, but it's true. The, uh, we got in the elevator with each other and he wouldn't even talk to me hardly. Uh, I would post very vague things on Facebook because, uh, you know, I couldn't say a whole lot, but it was hard because I knew the company was like crashing and that's not really what was being said, but I wasn't legally allowed to say anything. Uh, and uh, he goes, I remember the last time he goes, do you really have to post that on Facebook? <laughs> goes, Can't you put anything uh, positive? I said, I do my best to, man. I go, the company I love and help build is going down the hill. It was very uncomfortable on that elevator ride. Uh, they started crafting a social media policy that day uh, because of me. Oh, boy. Uh, I, I believe the name of the group originally was remembering blockbuster video that is correct i'm sorry uh so yeah uh the name of the group was remembering blockbuster video and jim had referenced that to me uh remembering Bla in the library uh in the uh, elevator about being negative and i was letting him know that wasn't the intent uh, to be negative uh, and things like that so they started crafting a social media policy. Of course, I had to legal made me change the blockbuster. And that's why it went to remembering the blue and gold because uh, it was OK that way. And then from pretty much. At least once a week, it seemed like someone from HR would come down to my office and go over what they was working on on the social media policy and then discuss it with me. Uh, because they has been forced to do it. Sorry, there's been asked to do it by Jim. Uh, but, you know, these people have known me for a long time. and They've worked for the stores a long time. And you had to have an operations contact 
on pretty much anything that was going out to a store. So if HR wanted to change something, they had to have someone on the operations team as their contact. Well, I was, by this time, I was HR's contact because we had lost so many uh, project managers that a lot of things, we just did what we could to uh, help the company out. So uh, I was HR's contact. So here they was crafting a social media policy because of me, and I was helping them craft it. It's about <laughs> Which worked out good because they was you there's doing it to use against me. Uh, uh, and I knew it. And at the time, the Supreme Court was ruling that, you know, we could pretty much say or do whatever we wanted to uh, uh, on Facebook and they couldn't do anything to us. And I would keep following that. And we had worked back and forth. Uh, oh, Michael, uh, uh, Billy Turner's the one that got sent down there all the time to talk to me about it. And he, he worked for the company forever. He'd be a great guest for you to have. I bet I could get him. Yeah, please. Any, anybody, anybody that you, uh, that you can think of, I'd be happy to have him on. Yeah. I, I really like Manford because one of the biggest uh, things I learned when I got to the corporate office is man, they cared more than what we thought they did in the stores. Yeah, no, that's, that, that's um, been the resounding story I've been hearing from everybody that got um, their feet on that side. So it, 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 it was in, incredible. Uh, yeah. The, so, uh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, so um, I, I want to like talk to you for like another hour, but it's one thirty in the morning for me. <laughs> um, yeah, cool. You're cool. No, no. So my, my daughter is, um, it's her first day of summer school in the morning. She's three and a half. So it's a good thing. <laughs> so, um, what I was going to say is, um, do you, do you want to play that silly movie game I came up with, or do you want to hold it for, uh, another time and we'll record again? Uh, let's record again, man. Hey, I'm talking uh, that this is, uh, it's why I kind of ask you what you want to talk about. Uh, I mean, because, I was on the transformation team, like even at the end. Yeah. Uh, like, so I, I had the opportunity to work on so many things within that company. I, I have lots of stories. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's, you. let's, let's schedule as soon as possible to do this again. Uh, um, okay. I do want to say one thing. Uh, yeah, please. I was going to, I was going to give you a final, a final thing. Anyway, I wasn't just going to cut you off right there. <laughs> so uh, yeah, please, please go. Okay, it was about my story because uh, uh, I know I was all over the place with Jim. Uh, That's okay. I, had, uh, I, I have great respect uh, for that man. Uh, him and I did, obviously, we disagreed on a, quite a few things, the direction of the company. But, you know, even towards the end, like, like I've said in a post before, it, you know, him and I kind of went back and forth and that's a story for another day. You know, when you make a CEO throw his cell phone across the table. Oh uh, boy. Because your Facebook post popped to his phone. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You, you get what I'm saying? Uh, there's a problem there. Like here I, and the main problem was, you know, he was trying to save the company that he worked for. And I was trying to save the company I helped build. So we're both under all this tremendous stress. 
and we're easy targets and we know there's no good information hardly you know and it's negative and he's wanting me to handle it a different way and i was wanting him to handle things a different way and i'm a big mouth like i told you before i didn't know how to keep my mouth closed my first day at the corporate office that came back out towards the end but i i, I will i don't care what anyone else says i will tell you that guy's vision for this company would have worked if he wouldn't have messed up total access, but what he wanted to do in those stores would have worked. Nice. Yeah, I do want to say that, but I do want to uh, get reschedule with you. No, not even reschedule. Just continue. Yeah. So um, I'll, yeah, sorry. No, and so I'll I'll say th thank you so much, Alvi, for coming on. And um, I think we just lost power in half of my house, so I'm gonna go figure out what's going on there. <laughs> I'm like looking out, and I'm I'm in like a side room, and all the lights just went off. That's crazy. All right. Well, good luck with that. Thank you so well, much. Anyway, no, dude. Thank you, and please um send me a message um with your availability for the next one. So as always. Thank you all for making it a Talkbuster night or day, and thank you for joining Alvi and I in this incredibly in-depth and interesting conversation. And I absolutely loved having you on, man. And please be kind. Rewind, everybody. Alvi, have a great night, my friend. Thank you, sir. Oh, dude, thank you so much. Please, I I, I got to have you back on. This was fantastic. That's awesome. I'd love to. All right, bye, man.